Hey, good morning. If you are here with us in person or you're watching online, man, we are really glad that you are worshiping with us today. I'm Charlie, uh, lead pastor here, and you're catching us kind of at the end of a series on parables, where for the last couple of weeks, last week and this week, it's for the, I, we've technically moved off parables to um, just some other sorts of imagery um, that Jesus is using to describe what, you know, kind of what connection with God is like, who it is we're supposed to be, who God is. It's been really good. Over these last couple of months, we are moving next week to a new series where we're just kind of talking about why church? Like, like why? Because I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot, as I'm sure a, a lot of us have. You know, when, when, when March happened and everything just kind of changed, it was like you could just feel for those first few weeks that there's, there was just this, there was this, this hole, this gap. There was like, we can't do this anymore, and, and people flooded. We, we, we streamed live from the, very, from the very first Sunday, and there was just this flood of people to it, and there was just this clamoring for it. And then, then over time, these things kind of happen, where you just kind of get into new rhythms and things kind of drift. And, and I think a lot of us have been asking, as, our, as, our whole, as the whole pattern of our lives have changed, and things that we used to do, we don't do anymore, and things that we never did, we're doing now, and all these things. We're, we're asking a lot of these types of questions. And just even being here today, if, if you're in the room, it's significantly more complicated um, to be here. I'm a prolific sweater, which I've talked about way too, more, too many times. And just like, like I, I, just, I don't know how long I'm going to have to do this just to undo the, what has been happening under my mask this morning. You know, and it's like, that's complicated. It just, it just feels weird. Some people don't like the idea of masks. We're just kind of rebelling against it. It just feels like one too many things and the kids and the, and the, the temperature and all of the, and it's like, if you, if you came here today, you know, that, that it, wasn't, it wasn't as easy as it used to be. And if, you, and if you're watching online, it's maybe easier than it used to be. Like, I mean, I... I wish I were in my pajamas. I mean, if we're just, I mean, you're just talking about it. It's like, but it, it's, it, 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 it's a little bit less than it can feel like. But why, why are we doing it? Why, why, why have we just kind of pushed ahead where it's like, we are not going to let this fade? Why does this matter so much? Why does this God's collection of people matter so much? And so we're going to start that next week. But even with that, as we're wrapping this up, it kind of even goes to what I think is a, a deeper question, which hopefully we can at least partially answer today, which is, what does, what does God really want from me? What, what, is, what does God want from me? Like, 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 like but really, if I, if I could sum it up, it's like, I'm here and, and, and God's up there and he thinks things about me and I think things about him. And when I can say, here's what I know that God most wants from me, it's, and of all the questions and the things and the, and the secrets and the mysteries and all of the things in the Bible um, that we've been able to kind of figure out together collectively over 2,000 years, you would think that biggest of picture questions would be one that, that, that God's people, that the church would have a more settled answer on. But, but I say that, and I was like, man, what, is, what does God primarily want from you? And your answer for that is probably going to have a lot to do with the church you grew up in, just kind of the things that you think and you feel. I mean, you know, I've talked about 16-year-old Charlie before. 16-year-old Charlie would have, would, have, would have said the avoidance of the big three. Don't smoke, 
um, uh, don't drink alcohol, and don't have sex. That, that seems to be, based on what I'm hearing, that seems to be the thing that God cares about the most. And I think some of us, maybe we've, we've moved past that, but I still think there's some of that that lingers. What does God care about, want the most? He, he wants my behavior to be right, to be good. I, he, he cares most about the way that I act. And other people say, no, no, no it's, it's, it's not about that. It's about what you do, which is a different thing, maybe your character, what you do. It's like the way that you serve. He wants you to primarily be someone who is out there loving other people, doing good things, which is different than having good character. I mean, like, not doing things is not the same as doing something for somebody. No, no, it's about, it's about, it's about serving. That's what, that's what he wants. But I, I, I think with, with both of those answers, which I would say are probably the two most popular answers to that question, I think we are confusing Um, what God wants primarily from us with what the result will be from us being and doing who God has called us to be. And so, with that, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Um, Last week, we kind of looked at a metaphor. We we talked about Jesus being, um, when he described himself as the bread of life, which bread for them was not a was not a was not a side dish it was the primary dish it was an image it was an image of complete like 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 being everything like everything that you need like the centerpiece of your meal the thing that is keeping you alive and we're going to look at a similar metaphor today that Jesus is using in John chapter 15 starting in verse 1 verse 1 John chapter 15 I am the true vine and my father is the gardener He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. All right, so we got a little bit more of a complicated metaphor rather than Jesus is bread and you are a person that eats bread, which I think is a pretty simple metaphor, right? He's the bread of life. He, and this is comp- more complicated. So he imagine himself like you've got some you got some grapevine that some grapevine that is producing grapes. And Jesus is kind of that main vine that's coming out of the ground with all of the roots. God the Father is the gardener. So you've got this, you've got this, this, this big vine that is connected to the ground. It's getting all the nutrients, all the things. And then out of this main vine are all of these branches. And you and I are all of the branches. We are, we are branches and we are connected to this vine in some way. Some, some, some branches are of different quality. He talks about that. 
And basically the, the idea of the metaphor is, if you are a branch, your life depends on your connection to the vine. You stay well connected to this vine. Obviously, they didn't talk much about the gardener, and the gardener's keeping all of this going just fine. You are, you are a branch that is solidly connected to this vine. And then you're going to bear a lot of fruit. If you begin to, in some way, lose your connection with the vine, then you become a branch that doesn't really bear fruit, that really doesn't have much use. You'll You'll fall off or the gardener will come and, and, and will take it off. And, then, and at that point, he says, you know, a branch connected to a grapevine that doesn't bear fruit is pretty useless. I mean, really, all you've got at this point, it's just, it's just kindling. It's not doing anything. It's not accomplishing anything. And so really, the only use that it has is to take it off, put it in the fire, and, and, and make a fire with it. At least it's doing something, right? And so then he says this in describing all of this. Verse 5, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we'll just start with that since this is the part of the passage that we like the least. And we'll just see if we can just get our mind around that a little bit. And so we'll just say it this way, without Jesus we can do nothing. I'll say it differently so it feels worse. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. You can do nothing apart from your connection to Jesus. Now, Americans, right? Now we're just kind of like getting a little, little twitchy. It's like, but, 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 I, but, I, but I can do it. I, 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 can, I can do it. What, what, what it? it? All of the it's. I can, I, I can do it. I am an dependent, strong American Human, I can, I can, I can do it. I've been, I, I, I can do it. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Apart from Him, you can't do anything. It's like that doesn't doesn't feel true to me. Doesn't feel true. Like that, I did lots of things already today without Jesus. Right? I mean, I I woke up, I got dressed, I ate my breakfast, I drove the car. I don't remember Him helping. And can I just say, what an insanely naive worldview that is. To think that somehow, apart from the creator and sustainer of the universe, that you think you did any of those things. So in the most literal sense, what Jesus is saying here is absolutely true. You can't do anything. If for one moment, just one brief moment in time, the God of the universe took his eyes off of it. I don't know what's going on over here the whole thing would collapse. Science, you may say. Sure, whatever, science. Right? And I'm not... I'm not the, 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 the world operates on its own laws. What, what binds that together? What holds the whole thing together? The God of the universe does. And if there is ever a moment in your life where you genuinely believe that you have some sort of independence in life, Apart from the creator God of the universe, you, you are, again, it, it's naive. It's, it's, it's like a kid. It's like your two-year-old. You ever had a two-year-old? It's been a while since I've had a two-year-old, and I'm not, I'm not sad about it. I mean, 
I, I do it myself. We have several of these. One, one is, is Layla, our youngest, who is, who is now eight and will be nine soon enough. Like you, tr- you try to hold her hand in the parking lot and she's like, I, I, don't, I don't need you to hold my hand in the parking lot. I hold my own hand in the parking lot. And she would try to walk in the parking lot like this, which I guess is fine. Well, now I'm just going to be hooked on you like this or whatever. I got, I got your arm. Or maybe an even better metaphor um, would be our, our middle daughter, Lauren, who, again, <laughs> they're all two, right? When she was, she was two, we, we took this toy away from her as a punishment, and she was so angry. And we put it at the top of our entertainment center, so it's right here. And she's... she's right here. And so she gets on this step stool, um, more like a, like a footstool, and she steps on it. So now she's, now, she's, now she's this tall. And the toy's up here. And she stood up on that thing. She goes, <clears throat> and she jumped to try to get it, which, I mean, she's a solid three, four feet from this thing. And she just, <clears throat> she climbs back up there. And, you know, maybe I'm supposed to have parented this situation. Maybe I should have corrected this attitude, but I could not have been having a better time. <laughs> Watching her make this attempt to, um, I, 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 do it, I, I do it myself. I, I do it myself. And, and, and maybe, maybe a simpler, cuter metaphor would be occasionally on Saturday... Uh, we, you may know this, our youngest, we, we hang out together just about every Saturday. We call it Dadder Day. And um, it's just, mostly it's just me and her hanging out. And every now and then we end up at Walmart. And she'll have received some money from somewhere for some reason. Dad, I've got $4. I want to go buy something, which is great. She's going she's gonna to do it. She's got $4. And then she finds something that's $4.88. And she, all she sees is the first number. It's $4, Dad. Now, I have, there is at some point, I have a 19-year-old and a 22-year-old. There is some point we talk about the way n- numbers really work and had an interesting conversation about sales tax, even with one of our more adultish daughters the other day where they saw the price and I can afford it and they clicked buy now and suddenly the number was 10% higher than the number that they had seen before, Right? And so she's got the money. She's like, I, 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 do it, I do it myself. Even the thing that she thinks she's doing by herself are impossible without the God of the universe. They're impossible without dad. And the thing that you think that you are doing, you're, you're not. You cannot do it by yourself. He says this, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And so it's literally true, but the point that he's trying to make otherwise is really is that it is spiritually true. All of the things, like the let's go back to our list, all the list of the things that we know that matter to God. It's not the primary thing, but it's something that we know that matters to God. He, he cares about fruit, things that I'm doing, my character, how I'm serving, how I'm loving, how I'm doing. All, all these things matter. You can't do any of them without God. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've got some sin that you're trying to overcome? And you just honestly with yourself say... I just don't think I can do it. 
Ever find yourself in a situation where you're looking apart, across from someone, maybe it's a spouse, a friend, a family member, and you know in that moment the right thing to say, the right thing to do, the right act of love, and you just can't. I can't. I can't. I should apologize in this situation. I know it. She knows it. God knows it. Everyone knows it. If I told this story to anybody, they would all know it. But in that moment, I just can't. I'm in situations like that all the time where I know I can't. To do the things that really matter in this life, to be the person that, you, that, that God has called you to be, that you want to be, that you know inside that you're supposed to be, you cannot do that on your own. And this, this is a lesson that we desperately need to understand as God's people. We need Him. But in what way? What, what do we need? Well, let's, let's, just, let's just keep going because there's other parts of this that I think we need to make sure that we understand. Verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so it will be even more fruitful. So, in the imagery here, we've got, we've, got the, we've got the solid vine and the branches. Two types of branches. Branches are doing good and branches are doing bad. And it doesn't matter if it's a good branch or a bad branch. Same thing happens to both of them. They both get cut no matter what. The bad branches get cut off because they're not really doing anything. We're just going to make a, make a fire out of those. And it says the good branches he prunes, which is just a fancy way of saying cuts, right? It's just with a different purpose. So both of the branches, the good ones and the not-so-good ones, they both experience the same thing, which is a saw. And do not, for the, do not, no matter what you hear, do not hear prune or saw. Don't hear any of this in any sort of uplifting way. I'm not trying to uplift you in this moment. I'm trying to upset you, okay? <laughs> he is going to, no matter what, whether you are doing right by God or you are doing wrong by God, the saw is coming. So let me just say this, I'll say it this way. Pain is part of the plan. Pain is part of the plan. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. Pain is part of the plan. We talked about this last week. I, think, I feel like we've been talking about it for approximately five months. Pain is part of the plan. No matter what God is trying to accomplish in your life, you can anticipate it. In fact, it is, it is, it is as terrible as this might seem, it is, it is proof. When, when this world is broken and it hurts and my life seems out of sorts, it's like, man, God promised this. This is another, this is another one of God's promises. I, people, like with, with, with the Bible and all the, the highlighting of the God's promises and like the, I pray God's promises into my life. I get so excited when God fulfills a promise in my life. He fulfilling that promise when nobody, nobody highlighting their Bible, celebrating, put that in your prayer. Man, God, God fulfilled a prayer today, a promise today. I, I saw in the scripture it says, in this world you're going to have many troubles. And he fulfilled that promise in my life today. And I put it, I put it in my prayer journal and I'm so fired up about it. But it's, it's true. Because according to the metaphor and according to your own experience, I'm sure, that, that's where growth happens. 
Because in the metaphor, what pruning is, is you've got, you've got, this, you've got, this, you've got this branch and that it is, it, it's bearing fruit. It's, it's, it's doing good. It's doing what it's supposed to do. But if you take a healthy, solid, good branch that is producing fruit and you, and you cut it in just the right way, and a smart gardener knows how to do this, you, you cut this off, that eventually what will happen is a stronger branch will come back in its place and will bear even more fruit, which for trees is great. For my life, it's less than great. That somehow, that in order for God to do the next thing that he wants to do in me, to do the better thing that he wants to do in me and through me, the only way to do that is for him to, to essentially cut off part of who I am. And there's, there's really no... There's really no good way to talk about that except to say, I trust the gardener and who I will be when it's over will be, will be better. And as I look at my life and I look about and I think about who I want to be, the type of dad that I want to be, the type of pastor that I want to be, the husband that I want to be, fast forward in the future, the, the grandfather that I want to be, the... Just as I think about the future, five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now, I don't think this guy can do it. Go back to number one. Of course that's true. We already talked about that. But even, who, even God threw me right now. If all I've got right now is me and the relationship with God that I have right now, the man that I need to be five years, ten years, twenty years from now is not going to cut it. And so I need a master gardener to come in and do this thing in my life and I know that it's going to hurt. So then the question then becomes, what is the difference between the two branches? They're both going to experience pain. They're going to feel the same. Being, it, it, being cut off, the bad branch, and tossed away, it, it feels the same. But they have very different purposes. One is to make you better. One is just essentially, it's, it's pointless. What, 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 just over here. What's the difference between the two branches? Verse 5 again. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So we'll say it this way, and then I'll desperately try to spend a few minutes trying to explain it to you. Intimacy is the key. There's a connection that Jesus is talking about. So a bad branch, in some way, loses its connection with the vine. There's something about the branch that is making it where it is no longer receiving all of the nutrients that it needs from the, from the vine in order to be able to grow and prosper as a vine. So it, it loses its connection in some way. The metaphor falls apart here. It's not like the branch is making choices or doing things right. I mean, so every metaphor, even Jesus' metaphors, are limited. There's nothing that a, that a branch can do to choose. Nothing, no, no decisions it can make. Branch can't say, well, I'm, I, I need to be more connected and then, and then do something. But the healthy branch, the healthy Christian, the healthy son or daughter of God, it says, 
Remain in Jesus. Stay connected to him. Let him be connected to you and you're connected to him. And if you'll do that, it says, it says here that you'll be able to ask God anything you want and you'll get it, which is a whole different matter, which is not today's message, but you can just let that ponder in the back of your mind a little bit. Basically, it says, like, apart from him, you can do nothing, but with him, connected with him, everything is possible. If you will just remain in him and allow him to remain in you. And we were talking about this topic a few weeks ago in staff meeting. And, um, and I says, well, what, what are we getting at here? And then, and then Cass said, well, it's, the answer is intimacy. Which he just kind of said it and it was just kind of like, well, that sounds real good. And I, so I was like, what does that mean? My I see her say right now, I was like, I, so I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna copy off a cast, guys. Intimacy is the key, and you'd be like, what does that mean? I'm like, where's cast? Cast to come back out here. For me, I, I, here's the thing: as, I, as I'm thinking, what are, you, what are you gonna say? 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 Which is, you know, it's a weekly pattern for me, right? What are you gonna say? Like, like if you asked me right now, like, how can I love my spouse? Man, I don't, I don't know you. I don't know your spouse. I don't know your I can't just, just, just. I'm a much better marriage counselor than that, by the way. <laughs> but every situation is different because every person is different. I mean, I will get to know you a little bit, and I'll get to know your wife a little bit, and we kind of talk about what some of the problems are and some of the solutions, but oh, we can be, we can be fine. But here's the thing get to know him. And let him get to know you. So he's gone to the universe, he knows everything. He's like, yeah, there's a difference in him already knowing it and, and, and telling it to you. Again, same way with any of your kids. It's probably pretty rare that your kids tell you something you don't know already. But when they tell you, when, 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 when somebody tells you something that is deep and personal to them, even if you had already figured it out, there's something about it that connects the relationship. And so what I want in my life is I want this fruit. I want to be this type of person. Well, the only way that's going to happen is if I stay connected to the vine. How do I do that? Well, I want to get to know him, and I want to let him get to know me. And I really, I, I tell you, I do this. I do, do. I hate it when sermons boil down to, like, five-year-old Sunday school class. You should read the Bible more. You should pray more. I mean, those are action items. And I'm hesitant to bring that up because that kind of misses the point because now I'm telling you an activity. I'm just telling you those are the best activities to get to know God better. I'm gonna read the Bible not because it's some activity and not just simply because I want to learn something. And it's important to learn. It's like, I wanna know what God is like. What does he think about people? What does he think about me? How do, what, what, what is his character? I want to get to know him. And then I'm going to talk to him, not so I can go through some list or so I can check something off, because I want him to get to know me. And I want to tell him the things that are going on in my heart. And I want to feel and hear from him what his response is to me. And I'm going to live and think and walk in my life as if I am a branch 
vitally connected to the source of life. And I want to see and experience this world from his perspective and what he thinks about me and what I'm going through. What does this mean, God? What does this mean? What am I supposed to do? And, 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 and to feel and to hear and to interact. I, I said a while ago, you would think after 2,000 years we would have some sort of consensus about this. The reason why we don't have any consensus is because of the three to five minutes of rambling that you just heard. It's easier for me to say, stop drinking alcohol, stop having sex with your girlfriend, give more money to the church, be sure you're here every week, read your Bible every day, and pray before every meal. Do that. Now I can say that and you walk away deeply satisfied. He said something, I understood it, and I can either be or not be successful at that this week, this month. But if I say, I want you to stay vitally connected to the vine through intimacy, and that means you experientially walking with him and getting to know him and letting him get to know you, he's like, <laughs> or maybe you are connecting with that and it's just because I'm a math major and, I, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But I do know that 26 and a half years later, I know my wife way better than what I used to. I love her way better than I used to because I know her better. She loves me way better than she used to because she knows me better. And we're continuing the process because at every season of life, every month, every year, we're constantly changing. Life is constantly changing. The way that I react to new sorts of things gives her new information. And we're spending more and more time together and learning and growing. And our intimacy increases. Our love increases because we know each other better. And whatever it is, whatever the fruit is in your life that you want to see, I just beg you, I encourage you, take a season and don't focus on trying harder to make more fruit. That two-year-old was never going to get from that footstool to the top of that entertainment center. No matter how hard she jumped, no matter how hard she tried. But a little bit of repentance, a little bit of I'm sorry, and a little bit, Dad, will you help me? Would have gotten the toy right back in her hand. Figure out what it means. Let me, let me just give you the responsibility. Rather than me feel like I got to say something super eloquent. Let me just give it to you. Why don't you figure out what it means for you and your relationship with God to be intimately connected with Him? Let's pray.